Hello, welcome back to It's Just Not Cricket or It's Just Cricket. We are back after another lengthy break, back by huge public demand. Um, here I am, I'm Matthew. I'm sitting, I don't know, are you sitting or are you standing? Can you confirm to the nations of the world? Are you sitting or standing, Jamie? I'm going to leave it a mystery. I'm going to leave it up to our listeners' imagination as to how I am positioned. Could I, I could be sitting, I could be lying down. I could be Excellent. handstanding. Good point. So that is, of course, Jamie there in an undisclosed location um, as we're back to talk about cricket. How have you been, Jamie? I'm saying this like we haven't just already had this discussion off air, but how are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I am fine. Um, I have got a cold, but here we are having a great time. Uh, <laughs> oh, but what are you doing with a cold in summer? Come on. I know, I hate it. It's rubbish. Get out of, get out of here. Mm. Rubbish. Boring snooze news. But talking of news, oh god, uh, we've got a new doctor. No, I mean um, we've got some cricket news. Um, so there's been quite a lot of announcements. It's, it's mean, quite weird because obviously it's gone. You were just gonna, you were just saying off before recording, like you're not going to talk about Doctor Who, and then it's like a little, it's like a little but Freudian slip that just has to come out. It is. We're at the moment with Doctor Who and cricket. There's so many announcements happening every day and I feel like I can't relax for a second. It's just getting insane. So we've had new coaches announced, new doctors announced, um, new captains, another doctor's back. It's just, oh, there's every day there's a new thing and I'm like, I can't keep up with all this stuff. So for any Doctor Who fans listening, this is going to be cricket today, but maybe we'll branch into Doctor Who in an extra podcast. But I do think Shuti Gatwar is a great option for next doctor but cricket news um where to start uh i guess the latest bit of news which we've not covered since we've been off air as well is that uh brendan mccullum is now going to be our new red bull coach for the obviously for the test team um obviously famously captain of new zealand and really kind of brought new zealand to the kind of powerhouse they are today i suppose and he was a real pillar in getting them to where they are now doesn't have any Red Bull coaching experience, but coaches in the IPL. Um, obviously a big kind of leadership um, presence in dressing rooms and has a lot of respect of players, uh, especially kind of Owen Morgan as well. Um, Jamie, what are your thoughts? I mean, I don't really have any strong feelings on it one way or the other. Like, he's only worked in uh, white ball cricket before. He's done a bit in the IPL. So this being his first Red Bull coaching job, it's going to be a bit wild for him. So, like, how tumultuous is it going to be from a playing side if we've got a brand new Red Bull coach coming in completely? Like, Brendan McCullum seems like a decent bloke. He was a great player. But is that going to translate into test match coach? Yeah, it's, it's, I guess it's obviously difficult to say. I mean, he's... I think he's got the personality to match Stokes for sure in the aggressive way that they play and, you know, always find play to, you know, win every way you can. Um, he has also, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, he's going to be a, a dasher, he's, you know, only aggressive, white ball, what does he know about test cricket? But, you know, this is a guy who's played over 100 tests and, you know, once batted over 13 hours to get a triple century against India. He obviously knows the Red Bull game inside out. And I think it's... What I think is refreshing about it is that it's a modern player. It's someone recently out of the game who understands the game as it is now um, and, you know, was a massive presence in the game. Um, in, you know, the way like people like Chris Silverwood and kind of Peter Moores weren't, you know, like this is someone who's reached a kind of top level of the sport and understands what it means to be, you know, a, a high profile test cricketer. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a bold probably risk decision but at the same time it, it can't get any worse than it is now <laughs> so no, but I mean I'm totally down for having Brendan McCullum in like mm. the other options like Ricky Ponting just fucked us off uh, I'm not 100%. sure how far Gary Kirsten got so like it's kind of a nice appointment like I'm totally down to be disappointed by him but like why not give him a shot it's who knows? Like, yeah. we, you just don't know what's going to happen with him. And I'm kind of down for the mystery and the randomness that's going to come from it. I think so. Yeah, definitely. I Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, I guess from 
I don't really have, I, don't, I kind of don't really have much. I guess we can talk about it when we get to the kind of squad stuff. But I don't really have much more to say about McCullum because there's, I don't really know what to say because um, it's obviously such early days. Um, but we got another coach announced today. Did you see this? I've I've not. Oh, this is new. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have got um a new white ball coach. It was going to be touted for a long time that it was going to be Paul Collingwood, um, but it is in fact um Matthew Mott. Uh, who was the coach of the Australia women's team, um, I believe, from 2015 to now. Um, just want to give you his um, little uh, success rate there. Um, was coached for 144 games. Um, just the 112 wins there mm. uh, at a win percentage of 77.78%. Um, pretty good. Uh, obviously, we're working with a stellar team, but I kind of feel that kind of fits the mould where the white ball team are at a, a good level already. He just comes in and helps them move on. Um, a few kind of things from both him and Rob Key. Um, Matthew Mott, just a kind of just generic kind of PR response, said, I genuinely believe that the time is right to play a role in helping England's ODI and T20 group continue to evolve to be the best team in the world. Um Rob Key said that uh, Morgan and Matthew Mott have a biddable partnership that can push trophies in coming years. Uh, what he's done with the Australian women's team is what will be asked of him to achieve for our men's white ball sides. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it kind of came out of nowhere, really. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? If you, That's breaking news to you. Um, like, I don't know much about him other than what you've just said. But, like, it seems like a serial winner coming in to come and manage us. So... Like you can't get any more successful than the Australian women's team, really, in recent years. So, like, why not? Like, <laughs> I think that's the point we're at as well. Just with McCullum and with Mott, why, why the fuck not? Just give them a shot with that down and low. But that's not to say, like, I'm not excited by him because he's obviously been a successful coach like like you said he's had a really good team to work with but he's a part of that team as well so like hopefully he'll bring what he brought to the Aussie women's team to us yeah exactly I think it also shows the kind of mindset for both obviously when McCullum's announced it's sort of like oh I kind of like this this is all right uh, but I don't really know but with the white ball stuff when you you coach you know an obvious winner and someone who can manage these kind of teams into an already winning team, it kind of just shows you that that's just going to be a, a partnership which is going to fit and go along easily. Um, and it's it's quite interesting as well, because they could have quite simply gone someone like Collingwood, who was already interim um, over the winter, and England probably still would have had quite a lot of success in white ball. But it's, it's, it's quite... I think it's quite a good move in the sense that it's Rob Key saying... No, we can still push and still we still want to retain that level that we're at, and we want to get better. So we're going to hire someone who's going to bring out the best in these players, and I think that's quite a good move, I would say, rather than just going with like the standard norm. Yeah, I mean they're both outside of the box appointments. Collingwood would have been a bit of a not disappointing, but just a bit boring and safe, and like yeah, he's already there. He's already been working with them. Just put him in. So. This appointment is a bit more, yeah, unconventional. I'll take it again. Like, no strong yeah. feelings, but let's have it. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Other bit of admin news before we get to the squad. Um, <laughs> we've got uh, Tom Harrison, who was top dog at the ECB um, over the kind of the last six years, has stepped down um, to. Plenty of, um, how should I say, um, unsympathetic views from English cricket fans. Mm-hmm. Um, my favourite one is, so so farewell Tom Harrison and good riddance. And that kind of puts it in a nice perspective because this is the guy who brought in 100, uh, marginalised Red Bull cricket. Um, it was also a guy who stayed in position until now so he could get a 2.1 million bonus in his back pocket before he left. Um yeah, he's not really a, a fan favourite, I'll be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, you know, someone who, you know, marginalised everything you can with county cricket um, to really force 100 upon everyone when, you know, nobody wanted this at all. 
Um, you just have to look how the Red Bull scene has gone since. Um, yeah, uh, bye bye, really. <laughs> and like, not to mention him being at the top while the Azim Rafiq racism stuff has been going on as well. Well, exactly, hundred percent. That is good news. So it's it's quite quite nice. I think every single article I've read um, is. Uh, is damning which is great um uh this one kind of sums it up it says ultimately however leaders can only be judged by results and as he leaves office with the game failing by every measure that has ever exercised um there's no really no way of saying he left the game better than how he found it so i think that's kind of the damning legacy that he has left so bye-bye um should we do squad news if we have to Let's do some squad news. Oh, and I'm going to insert the jingle here for squad news. We don't have a jingle for squad news, but if we, we did we have one, it would... We don't have jingles at all. No, no, we don't. Maybe by Christmas we will. Um, Christmas special to go with the IPL special. Um, coming soon. Coming soon. Um, talking about IPL quickly, though. Um, this was reported back in the 9th of May. That's how long we've got done a podcast for. Um, but apparently the BCCI is discussing with the ICC to increase the number of IPL matches. So I can't wait to watch 127 games of the IPL every year. That'll be fun. Um, just, just do a fucking Champions <laughs> League. Just do a shortened <laughs> league for your T20 sides from the Caribbean, from the Australia, from England, from everywhere. And then just put like two of the best teams from each league and just let them play at the end of the year or something. Just... Fuck off with more matches. Because <laughs> I can't believe that the IPL is still going on. Like, I, it's, it feels like we were joking about this when we first started, and that was ages ago. The, like, P, it's just... the P in IPL means perpetual. <laughs> oh, we love it. We love it. Um, right, so uh, squad news. Um, what I think is quite refreshing, actually, is that there's only one player out of this squad is at the IPL. Um, but yeah, so our England squad for the New Zealand, this one says New Zealand tests, but I think this is just the first test. Um, obviously, we've got Ben Stokes as captain, um, James Anderson, Johnny Burstow, Stuart Broad, Harry Brook, Zach Crawley, Ben Folks, Jack Leach, Alex Lees, Craig Overton, Matty Potts, uh, Ollie Pope, uh, and Joe Root. Right, so there's quite a lot of things to dig into but not in a really happy way in that i guess the main happy thing i would say is obviously it's a understandable return for uh jimmy anderson and uh stuart broad um it had to happen didn't it yeah i mean after the travesty that was the west indies series you can not bring them back in like i'm still of the mind that you should only be playing one of them now if you're going by like the standard that this should be a, a reset and a new era for England, but looking at the rest of the fucking squad, what fucking new era? <laughs> well, this is before we get into the deals, this is what oh, Mr. I Rob think. Key said. Um, he, he was like, I'd rather have them in the side trying to win games cricket for England than sort of prolong their careers for a long time where they can't impact as much. We'll try and make the most of them while we've still got them. To me, that reads as they're both going to play together. Yeah, I would agree that it's just... There are two best bowlers at the minute. They're just going to play. And to be fair, we've not got a lot of bowlers. Um, so, uh, regrettably, we had to say goodbye to Saki Bamuth for the rest of the season. Um, Fisher's out. Obviously, Archer's injured. He's on his slow way back to recovery. Might be playing some T20 later this month. Um... Who else is out? Wokes is injured. Wood is injured. Um, you know, it's just a long list of guys. I mean, Sam Curran's playing for Surrey, but he's only batting, not bowling. Um, it's a big old long list, so you can kind of understand it. What I can't understand um, <laughs> is, um, you know, you got your best pal in there. You've got Craig Overton back. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously he's tearing up the scenes in county cricket um but surely you get to the stage where you're like that's county cricket and sometimes sad as it is it's not really that sad but some players are just going to be very good county cricketers and not necessarily international cricketers there was not one thing over the winter i know he only played a couple of tests in west indies 
but there's not one thing there that made me think, yes, he needs to be in our test side 100%. I think you, I think you share the opinion, aren't you? Or are you, you're, quite, you're quite a big Craig Overton fan. Oh, I, I think you know my opinions on Craig Overton quite well. He is just a waste of a selection. And he's, he's been doing really well at county level this season. But over the past few years, like that's been a big problem in England selection. We keep on selecting players that do well at county championship, uh, come into the test team and just don't perform at all. Then they go back to the county championship, play well, and they were like, you know, we'll give them another chance. But you've already seen them at the highest level of cricket. You can ana- analyse them and judge them on what they've done in those test matches, and then you still pick them. Like, it's okay for you to be really good at county level, but not good enough for England. That's where, like, Sibley is. That's where I think Burns is. That's where Overton is. We've got a load of those players that have just come in and are just county level. I couldn't agree more with that, to be honest. That's, yeah, pretty much what I was going to say. And I think, I don't know the stats on me, but I think Craig Overton must have played something in excess of about 12, 13 tests now. Um, and a few of them at home as well. So it's, you can't really say that he's always had to play away. I mean, he's had a couple of tours in Australia, a couple of games. But, like, at the end of the day, I think you, you notice if you've got something. You look at the difference with someone like Stacky Mahmood, who came in the West Indies tour, on pitches that were doing nothing and were boring as hell, but he came on and he made something happen. Sure, he's got a bit more extra pace, but he's not he's not wood pace. He's not archer pace, but he has a he had something about him and he made a difference when he played. Um, I don't see Overton really making a difference. I'll give kind of Wokes a bit of a pass. I think in England he's he's up there with kind of probably a broad level, I suppose. Um, but I don't uh, Overton doesn't doesn't give you much and you just know you know he's gonna play because he bats a bit that's the that's the age-old kind of England thing that we can't just play four good bowlers because we're worried about our batting um our batting is gonna be crap whatever just play your best bowlers um which is frustrating um a little shout out there I mean they have kind of noticed that there is good talent in county cricket there's two players who have been called up. Um, one of them is definitely not going to play. But I'll talk about the one who might play. Um, we've got Matt Potts, um, which is, you know, good to have a Matthew in the team. And I can kind of live through that and pretend that I've been called up to the England side. Um, that um, <laughs> He's had a pretty good start to the season, to be honest. Um, he has got, I believe it is, four Fifers already. I think, no, sorry, that's five Fifers. No, is that sick? Hold on. Oh, what? <laughs> no, I think it's one, two, three. No, sorry, four, and then one fourth for yeah. Um, but most recently in his last game, got figures of four for sixty-one and seven for forty. Um, so he's in good form. Uh, a lot of the footage I've seen is that he's very sharp. Um, obviously, it helps when you've got Ben Stokes fielding nearby. Um, you obviously get to see him firsthand. Um, I think it's a really good selection. I, I think it's. It's similar to another player that who hasn't been picked, but I think it's it's you pick a player when he, he's in he's in this form because you don't want to pick him, you know, a few months down the line where he's been carrying drinks around for two tests. Play him in that first test, play him now, and then you can really hope to kickstart that new era. Um, but we won't get that. Uh, but what's your <laughs> thoughts on Matt Potts? I mean, especially with the amount of injuries that we've got with our seamers. There isn't a better chance for Potts to actually play for England, full stop. So he's got to be at least given a chance. And yeah. like he's he's not going to be given a chance. He's just going to be Overton, Anderson, Broad. So we can like hypothesize about him and how he plays in that first test <laughs> all we want, but it's not it's not going to happen. And it really yeah. pisses me off because. <laughs> This should be a new start, and it's not going to be. It's just going to be the same old team again. And like, yeah. oh, we have really <laughs> similar bowlers. If you have Anderson, Broad, Overton, like what variation is there really? Like, sure, mm-hmm. Jimmy and Broad are much better than Overton, but they all do roughly the same thing. They're all <laughs> kind of the same pace. Just play. Just have someone different. 
have like yeah. two spinners. Do something mad. Just <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm glad you feel the same. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I can, I can genuinely also see a scenario where they go safe. They play Anson Broad Overton in that first test, and lest you forget Leach. Um, they play those four, and um, by the time the second test comes around, Robinson is fit. Wokes is fit, and they come straight back in, and Matt Potts is back up Durham. I can genuinely see that happening. Um, Do you think just if got... Saqib was fit, Potts would be in the squad? No. Yeah. It would be Saqib. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the difference. Saqib would be in over Potts. That would be that. Um, it kind of forced their hand a bit, um, which is good. I think he deserves, but he deserves to be in there. And I think I was saying this about spoilers, Parkinson, <laughs> on our last podcast, that this is a guy in his prime right now. He's completely ripping it up in um, county cricket. I believe he is the second um, leading wicket taker in Division One, and it's not even June yet. He played four matches. He's got twenty three wickets, an average of twenty three point four seven, economy rate of two point one. Um, that's Division One. He's been playing against, you know, great sides. Just played a game against Yorkshire. He, I know Root got 147, but he did get Root out in that game. Um, he's our best spinner. I love Leach. He's great. A big advocate for Leach. But Parkinson is our best spinner, I think. Bottom line. But we would never play Parkinson because we don't want to go for a risk. Um, I mean, it's not like a leg spinner has ever come to England and absolutely torn the team oh, no, no, playing a new arsehole, like yeah <laughs> yeah oh. and you're never going to know how good he's going to be if you're never going to play him and you know it's last summer we didn't even play Leach you know and now Leach is our frontline spinner they didn't have faith in Leach last summer to be our frontline spinner they brought Mo back and now they're saying no he's our best spinner when I'm sorry it's Parkinson <laughs> Well, is that not part of what you were saying earlier that Leach can bat a bit? So, oh yeah, of course. Sorry, yeah. So, Leach, Leach could over the bang at this rate. Let's be honest. Oh yeah, totally. I'd be <laughs> so down for that. Screw <laughs> Leach as the box. Leach as the second bowler opening, and have Matt Parkinson in it. <laughs> yeah. Sod Craig Overton right off. <laughs> Get out of here. Um... But yeah, we maybe we'll maybe we'll see Parkinson in the summer. I feel like we'll only see him in white ball. But then again, we probably won't because you got Rash and Mo. Um, maybe if Leach gets injured, maybe if it's really dry at Manchester, maybe then. But I think it's if he wasn't going to get picked in this test squad, he ain't going to be later. Um. Other pieces of news, so we'll start at the top, I guess. Um, they're going to stick with Lees and Crawley. I don't think really that's a surprise to anyone. It's a disappointment to everyone, though. <laughs> True. I mean, I would. I mean, it kind of goes into the fact that you're good at county level. Um, but Lees has had a very strong start for Durham. Obviously, he's had a little less time at test level to really stamp his authority. I mean, give him a couple of games, why not? But, you know, it's a very difficult attack he's going to come up against. Um, but, you know, he's in form. Play him whilst he's in form. Go for it. Um, he hadn't, obviously came to the West Indies on the back of kind of no um, no match practice. And straight away he had to go. So, you know, why not? Give him a game. Um Zach again, we both had him in our teams. Um, we both had, had him a four at start. three, though, didn't we? No, I, I think we both opened with him. I, I mean, that tells you how much I remember about my team. Yep. <laughs> no, we both opened with Zach. Um, I think that's always going to happen. But I do think if he has a couple of poor games, especially the form he's in, he could be dropped quite quickly. Um, a lot of people are clamouring around Sam Robson to be recalled. Um Kind of Tom Haynes has fallen down a bit in terms of form, so maybe he's a bit out of the reckoning now. Um, but we shall see. Um, then we get into the fun position of number three. Um, 
as confirmed by Rob Key, the number three is going to be Ollie Pope. Um, this is what Key said. We feel that Pope is the man to bat at three. The bet is that with the talent that they have, this environment, these coaches, Brendan McCullum, Ben Stokes can get the best out of these cricketers. Uh, Ollie Pope is one of those. If we unlock him, which I think they can, um, there's a seriously good cricketer there. Whether that's number three, number five, number four, I think he could be a very, very good test match batsman. I think he'd do a fine job. Um, he also likened it to how um, Trot bats at five for Warwickshire, but then three for England. Um, so he said it doesn't really matter where you bat in county cricket if you can come and do it in international cricket. Um, difference of that, Rob, I would say, is that uh, Trot was pretty proven at international cricket and he batted at three and did well because he was a good test match batsman. But, um, yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd also say that at county championship, if you've got a set order, then it would be much easier for someone to just slot in at five rather than disrupting the top three. And if you've got someone that is as good as Jonathan Trott, he won't give a shit where he's batting. He's just going to bat as Jonathan Trott bats. And like, yeah. uh, like another thing Key said in there, like if he could play at three, five or four, like you're just saying that he's going to bat at three and then you're saying he, he could play anywhere between three and five. Like, They're completely different positions. Yeah, and you've completely, completely... just... Set, you've just implied that you've not made your mind up on him. You've just said yeah. he's our number three, maybe. Yeah, just it's yeah, it's, uh... it's, it's it's there's always these parallels to Ian Bell, but it's a, there was a very similar scenario of Bell when they were obsessed with trying him to be our number three, and it never worked. Um, I think he got a hundred or double hundred again on the flattest pitch against India once, um, but they were obsessed with him being our number three. Uh, until Trot came along, um, but yeah, I, I just think this is a weird move from a guy who's, you know, I think he, he, he's had a few kind of injury issues and stuff, especially over the last year. Um, he has had a glimpse of kind of success at Test level. He obviously got hundred against South Africa. Um, he got a seventy or eighty odd against India last year. But you just look at him and you feel like you you're a lower order player. You can come in when the ball's a bit softer. And, you know, give it a go. I mean, he, he could suddenly work out and be the best number three we've had in ages. I just can't see that happening. It just feels very odd to me. It feels like such a left field thing to be like, yeah, Pope free. I was, yeah, I, I, would, I know Bohannon's also been a bit like Haynes. He's gone down a bit of the pecking board recently with kind of form. But I, I don't know. You could go for a stopgap in the meantime. You go for Milan, who's averaging about 80 this season as well. I don't know. But I just feel like... Pope is weird. Like it wouldn't even be entering my mind that Pope is your number three. Bizarre. Any other Pope thoughts? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's just why, isn't it? Yeah, good point. I, I think <laughs> of all those players that are good enough for county but not for Test, I think Ollie Pope is like right on that edge. Yeah, and he could have been a really good Test match batsman, but the number of chances he's had we'd have known by now if he stepped up and he just hasn't been good enough. Yeah, so it, so no, I agree, yeah. To be given one of the most important batting positions is just well off. It's weird. Like, I know, you, I know you personally don't want Joe Root at three, but if you're struggling to think of a three, like, it's better just to have Root at three rather than lose two wickets quickly and Root be in at four. Like, you might as well just get Root in a step earlier and cut out the middle man. I hate this three. This squad is yeah, really it's, uh, it rolled you up. Yeah, but the three's been an issue for ages since we like stopgapped it with kind of Denley and Crawley for a bit. Like just literally over the last year, it's like flip between Lawrence to Bearstow to Crawley to Root um, to Crawley again, Hamid, Milan. Root again, like it's just this never-ending cycle, and I don't think Pope is a guy that you like. You can't generally tell me that if Pope has a couple of bad tests, that they wouldn't just drop him again. He's also young enough that he can go away to Surrey for a couple of years and really churn out, you know, thousands of runs and really like knock the door down. But he's not. He's had a 
handful of games like everyone else has. Like, what's his case above Milan's, for example, that he should be a three? I just don't... I don't think he's set enough. Right, I'm going to get the stats. Let's get the stats. <laughs> I, I, I just don't under, understand it at all. Right. So, our top three batsmen, Harry Brook, obviously, who we'll get to, uh, Ben Compton at Kent. Um, so, sorry, Brook got, has 758 runs at an average of 151. Uh, Compton has 670 runs at an average of 95. Three on that list is Milan, 528 runs at an average of 66. Pope is four, five, six, seven, eighth on that list. Um, five matches, 470 runs, um, average of 69. Um, it's good. It's fine. No problem. Nearly all of those games have been at Surrey. And also Beckenham at Kent, where Surrey got about 690. So that was probably flat. Like, <laughs> um, I just find that just bizarre. Like, I don't understand. I, I don't understand. You've also got Tom Abel above that as well, who a lot of people were touting for. Maybe he could be an outside betters captain. Five games, 440 runs, average of 63. Like, why does it have to be Pope? You could have either Abel or Milan in there. Is that kind of stopgap? couple of games they might have a kind of prolonged little kind of extra career but Pope you're throwing in after a really difficult ashes um they took him to West Indies he didn't he didn't play in West Indies he's just part of the squad he never played so why is he suddenly our, our best number three? Oh, I'm annoyed I'm not normally just riled up <laughs> see see I see this squad is just completely shite it's nonsensical yeah. it's nothing to do with this new <laughs> reset Robkey wants to come mm-hmm. in and have a new beginning with something but he's not done it he's put in two players to sort of sate any fans opinions like he can say oh look we've got these two newbies in though like if look at the fucking rest of the squad mate like mm-hmm. you've literally mm-hmm. brought in two players whose age comes up to like 80 <laughs> yeah yeah, and I know I know players like kind of Abel and Milan are older, but I also kind of feel like you kind of need that. And I also Abel, I think, is a real kind of fresh asset, and especially he's a, he's a leader as well at Somerset. Kind of works well with Stokes as well in that new position. Um, like especially considering we haven't, as far as I know, announced a vice captain, so he could have come in no. and mm-hmm. been a vice captain from the start yeah. and learnt, and then eventually taken over. Yeah, yeah, I think that would have been perfect. But you know, here we go, Ollie Pope days. Um, that's fine. So obviously, then we'll put Ollie Pope to rest, and we look forward to his 150 at Lords. Um, uh, Roots at three, a uh, four even. Sorry, that was a Freudian slip. Uh, <laughs> Roots at four, because of course he is a Rootian um, slip. Yeah, a Rootian slip. Uh, probably still fielding at slip. Let's be honest. Um, but then we get to number five. So they brought Harry Brook into the squad, and quite rightly. Five matches, 758 runs, an average of 151. It's not bad. Um, that's 300s and 450s uh, quite easily. The leading run scorer for the season, Division 1 again. Uh, but he's not going to play uh, because Key has said Johnny Bairstow will come in at five, all things being equal in terms of injuries and stuff like that. The plan is for Johnny to bat at five. So, okay, what's the point in calling up Brooke? Like... <laughs> What's the point? I don't understand. It's not like we're in COVID bubbles and things like that. If Bairstow like rolled his ankle on the morning on the day before the match, Brooke gets the car down and comes to Lords. Like, why is he there? <laughs> you might like he might as well have just like named the eleven and said we've yeah. got, we've like made a couple of people aware that they're on reserve in case of injury. Like like that means Stokes isn't batting five, which is where he normally bats. If that means he comes in at six and does He's the role like I'd want Livingston to play like and just spank <laughs> it around then fine but yeah like, Stokes yeah. is confirmed to be six yeah that's that's one of the things when he came out as captain that he's going to be batting at six and root at four yeah, I, I'm I I think I'm fine with Stokes at six like yeah if, I don't mind if yeah. he's going to be in at six like just having a bit of a smash so that like relinquishes some of the pressure of captaincy then, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, that's, no problem with that at all. That's the one yeah. thing I am not up in arms <laughs> about. 
Fuming. Um, but some of these scores for Harry Brook, though, like 101, 56, 84, 77, 194, 123, 41, 82. Like, that is the guy who's in the form like he's 23 and he looks like he's in the form of his life and when you're opening up this new era this brave new era blah 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 just pick someone who's going to be enterprising and exciting if you're not going to be someone like your livingston let it be brook bat brook at five and as harsh as it is drop folks and give bearster the gloves if you want bearster to play like if you want these kind of players in there if you want to make test cricket exciting and dynamic then do that but oh well, never mind. Um, but yeah, obviously it means that Folks is going to bat seven. Um, and it will be his first um, home test match as well. That's um, mad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he's had a good start to the season as well. I can't really deny him that. He's played five games, got 395 runs, highest 132 and an average of 98. Um, two not outs in there, but you've got to go out and get the runs. And Yeah, good luck. Go, go for it. Why not? Um, I will say, you know, Batting at Surrey. Flat. Um, <laughs> it's fine. I mean, I, I, I like folks. Nothing against folks. Happy for him to go well. But um, it's just a bit meh. And obviously we've got Leach as well and all those players. But that's that's the squad. And as you can tell, we're very buzzing about that. And I can't wait for that first test to get up and running. <laughs> I miss Jofra. I miss Saqib already. I miss... Yeah. I miss Hasib. I know he wasn't very good, but I, I miss him. I miss Haynes yep. and Abel and Bohannon. <laughs> and I've got and they've not even played. <laughs> just Yeah. This this squad is just so uninspiring. Yeah. I'm done. Do you wanna hear yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do you wanna hear the um we cause we picked our teams? Um I've just done a quick tally up. So um I was right with seven. Um, you were right with six. So, I mean, we were quite similar in the end, weren't we? I think that's fair enough. Yeah, I mean, we did pick a few of these players. Like, you can't not have Stokes or, like, Root or Jimmy, so... No, true. (laughs) Uh, I guess we didn't really kind of get any of the outside shouts, I suppose. We both went for Zach Crawley when I saw every kind of... Every other person, cricket fandom, didn't go Zach Crawley. So, we stuck with our Rob Key guns. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I had Matty Potts in on my stats spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah, that, I think you did. I remember you talking about him. He, d- he didn't get in my squad at all, to be yeah. fair. No, I, um, I had um, Sam Cook, Matt Parkinson, <laughs> Patterson White, and Matty Potts as people yeah, I looked into. Nice. So. Good job. Good job. Well, I, um, yeah. I didn't Happy days, though. At, I know. I didn't look at a brook, so I, what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> Fun times. Um but yeah, that, that's kind of all the cricket news we've got. Obviously, there's a ton of county championship cricket going on. Um, but at the moment, it's a bit quiet because there's no games playing. I think the biggest piece of news that was circulating today is that they're going to change the type of Duke's ball because apparently it's too, it gets too soft and there's too many runs. And that's just exciting bit of news. <laughs> um, uh, oh, of course, we haven't forgot. Don't forget that Chris Silverwood's reign as Sri Lanka coach has started. Um, Sri Lanka got 397 in their first innings Bangladesh then got 465 Sri Lanka are 39 for 2 in reply um, yeah I don't I don't think there's much more going on uh, Charlotte Edwards Cup has started um, IPL is going on for all eternity um, oh and Anson got root out that was oh, fun yeah that was a well good wicket as well that's great. Yeah, that was great to watch. Love that. Um, but yeah, that's all for me in terms of cricket news and discussion, unless you've got anything else. Uh, nothing crickety, no. Nice. Thank okay, well, Christ. it's... <laughs> on that happy <laughs> note, it's time to go to... It's just not cricket. Hey. ba 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 We've got a little jingle. Nice. Well, like, Here it is. That's... <laughs> That's it from now on. Yeah. And it, we're not getting like a keyboard to do it. You're just going to come in and yeah. do your back. It will change in tone every time. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. Nice. So we're <laughs> currently recording a few days after the FA Cup final weekend. Like, Whoa. we're going from the dread of 
England squad picks to the dread of Liverpool potentially winning a quadruple. And nothing yeah. could be worse than that. Uh, so <laughs> Nothing? Ch- no, nothing. Okay. If Liverpool win the quadruple, it eclipses what United did in 1999 by winning the treble. Oh yeah, true. If And by doing the quadruple, Liverpool equal United's Premier League tally. Mm. At, while United are still currently shit. So yeah, that would yeah. give Liverpool yeah. a <laughs> decent chance of overtaking the league tally. And them being the most winningest league team. <laughs> anyway, yeah. FA Cup, Chelsea versus Liverpool. Uh, Chelsea came into it with a bit of inconsistent form. They'd just drawn against Wolves, I think. They were 2-0 up and then conceded two second-half goals. Uh, and Liverpool, obviously, going for the fucking quad and putting a pile of misery on every United fans hearts because they want Man City to win the league a bit of a yeah yeah bit of a it ended 0-0 but it wasn't a boring 0-0 like Liverpool started really well Chelsea had a high line for a lot of the first half which Liverpool exploited a lot like Luis Diaz and Mane especially had a lot of joy and they should have been winning in the first half by like two Nil like by half an hour, but like there's mm. one thing that I think football has that no other sport has. That if you're playing well, you can still potentially lose. Like Liverpool were on top for most of the first half, and Chelsea had a couple of chances to take the lead. But like as I said, it it was nil nil, so they didn't. No, <laughs> like. It just felt yeah. like Liverpool settled in the game from the first minute and they were comfortable in the final, but Chelsea's entire team just felt a little bit off. Like especially Edward Mendy, who in goal like his passing was a bit off, he looked a bit shaky. And obviously with Chelsea's high line that caused him a bit a few more problems because he had to be on his guard a bit more. So when it eventually did go to penalties, like my confidence in Mendy and in Chelsea, which also as a United fan, like fuck wanting teams like City and Chelsea win because you don't want <laughs> Liverpool to win. No. Like, just stop it. I, I've never been more of a Real Madrid fan than I am now. I <laughs> hate this season. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, when it... I mean, yeah. Sorry, yeah, sure. sorry, you go. Yeah, it's. I think from another perspective, it's been quite a fun season. No. I mean, I don't. Because no. No. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got. Uh, I mean, not so much of Tottenham and Arsenal anymore, because that's. I can't see Tottenham or any team in the world losing to Norwich. Um, that's kind of settled. But you know that going right down to the wire. Liverpool, Man City kind of going down to the wire, relegation stuff being a bit more exciting. Uh, obviously, it's woe for Manchester United fans. Hey, um, hey, um, the race for Europa League places oh yeah. is, is down oh yeah. to like, Or Europa Conference League. Yeah. Do not underestimate the chances of United fucking up against Crystal Palace and getting Conference League. Oh, 100%. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past them whatsoever. I, uh, it's happening. <laughs> it's happening. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've kind of been a bit more invested in this season more than others, really. Um, I think it's been such a weird narrative for a lot of teams. Um, I guess I can't really see Man City losing at the weekend. I think with the thing Liverpool as well, the quadruple, they've, they've, got, they've played pretty much every game of football you could play this season. Yeah. Because they're still in everything. Like, that is nonsense. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> I think... Other than the Community Shield, mm. which you need to win the League or FA Cup to mm. participate in that, or the Club World Cup, which you need to have won the Champions <laughs> League prior season, yeah. they've played in every game they could have played in this season. And yeah. for them, like, they're really good and I hate it. <laughs> I really hate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've I've I can't say I've watched, but I watched the 
obviously Liverpool and Spurs game. That's kind of the most recent I've watched Liverpool, and you just kind of watch that, and they just they just don't see seem like human. Like the 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 way they kind of press and the pace they've got, and you just feel like, how can you even beat this team? So the fact that Spurs got away with one one there, I think was nothing short of miraculous. Yeah. Well, you say um, you say how do you beat this team? They've not lost since twenty twenty two yet. Yeah, but it's there we go. They are. Uh, I'm not going <laughs> to praise them anymore. They're the best team. <laughs> I can say it for you. No. <laughs> I. Uh, there's even more dread with City's last game coming against Aston Villa. Because mm. Villa are managed by Gerrard. They've got Gary McAllister on the coaching. Yeah, that's Steph, a good point. Who's yeah. ex Liverpool. They've got Danny. They're going to be up for that. Yeah, they've got Danny yeah. Ings, who's ex Liverpool. They've got Felipe Coutinho, who's ex Liverpool. I, I was. Ex- <laughs> Liverpool played Villa a week or so ago. And I was expecting Villa to completely bend over for them. And they didn't. So no. maybe Gerard has a bit of like morality about him. But I guess, but when you're not playing against them now and, and yeah, no. I feel like he's still gonna give it everything. Yeah, exactly. So it, I'm 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 really worried. I don't <laughs> uh, no. From a neutral perspective, it's very exciting to be going into the last day with more options possible. <laughs> I I suppose so. <laughs> uh, yeah. Also, what would be worse for you? What would be worse? Mm. The Liverpool winning the quadruple here, or, or at least winning the league on Sunday, I guess it is, or with that Aguero moment all those seasons ago, where Man City won. Unlike the last kick of the game, what would be worse for Liverpool, you? Liverpool quadruple. Yeah, yeah. I mean that Aguero moment came after like United were in the lead on table by a few points, and we, I think we drew against like Everton four all when we were two goals ahead. Uh, like we had a few poor results that shouldn't have happened. So I think we let that slip more than City won, and I'm kind of okay with that especially considering we won the league the season after uh-huh. like it, that's the sort of thing that like used to motivate United and fire them up so <laughs> like that moment happened and it's, it was shit when it did but like a year later who gives a shit but now <laughs> yeah. like Liverpool winning a quadruple is just completely unprecedented it's never been done before and no one will shut the fuck up about it if they do it. Like, yeah. no, no one's shutting the hell up about it now, and they've not done it yet. <laughs> Unbearable. Point. Yeah. That, devastating. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll look forward to Liverpool being crowned Premier League champions on Sunday. Nope, um, we won't. Uh, currently, <laughs> We can move on. We can move on, don't worry. <laughs> sure. Uh, Europa League finals currently happening. Nil nil oh, yeah. at the minute. Okay. Uh, that's yeah. all that I know. And mm-hmm. kind of nice news in football. Uh, the mm. first active professional footballer oh, yeah. came out this week. So Jake Daniels. Yeah, I saw that. Blackpool uh, has come out as gay. And it's like the ball's. He's 17 year old. Yeah, fantastic. And he's yeah, I... the first active professional footballer to come out like there, a long time ago there was a player called John Fashnu who unfortunately committed suicide after having come out he, he retired so it's slightly different but like the mm. balls on this lad to yeah. do this yeah. at 17 and to be the first one is mad so like fair play props yeah no great no honestly great and, you know, obviously the hope is that he can inspire others as well, you know, in in the professional game. Um, and, you know, go some way to making steps to making football as inclusive as it could be. Um, obviously, you know, there are going to be those kind of groups and people within the game who will not make it happy or easy for people, um, the scum of the earth. But 
you know that the more people like this who have that confidence to you know come out and express who they really are yeah I mean, you know hopefully and you know inspire others and you know make everyone yeah and make the game more equal yeah I, there was a incident in the french league where it's like an lgbt uh it's, it's a special weekend where everyone's like wearing rainbow laces and hmm. their kits have like rainbow colors on it and one player from Paris Saint-Germain, Idrissa Garnagay, refused to play in the game. I don't think anything concrete has come about out about mm. it being because of this, but he also missed last season's game when this LGBT yeah. Uh, yeah. weekend was happening. Like A few Senegalese teammates of his have like supported his stance, so it's just kind of confirming... Uh, Idrissa Gay's homophobia on this, which is a yeah. bit ironic considering the homophone of his name. So yeah, it's it's just, got yeah, it's it's, a, it's it's a long. Yeah. It's weird that it's that incident has happened very soon after yeah. Jake Daniels coming out. But like, I think Daniels having come out has like put a lot more light and fire on these bad moments. So. Yeah, if, as it should. Yeah, like hopefully yeah. this leads to other players coming out in other sports like cricket or rugby or for sure, whatever. Definitely, so. definitely. There's a lot, long way to go, which I think is a shame. Um, but it's yeah, taking the steps you can get to be make it as as equal as you can. You hope that sport bodies are real, make, making a, a a big, you know, I don't know, noticing this more and the impact it has on people, you know, and you know, inspiring people to be like, oh, I didn't re- don't know if I wanted to play football or cricket or rugby. Um, but now they've done that. It means I can do that as well, you know? And yeah. You, you hope that it will slowly, as the more and more people who play the game, you know, of different kind of cultures and, you know, of faith and um, sexuality, all these different things, the more people you have in all these different groups to make it as inclusive as you can, you slowly quench and you get rid of that kind of stereotypical kind of dressing room vibe or that kind of that that kind of thing just needs to die out and go and i think the more people like this who come out and have that confidence too and more people get involved in the game because of it can only be a good thing so yeah i think it's i think it's great and you know big up to him really yeah gg jake ggs nice nice um any other not cricket news yeah that's all not cricket nice cool right i've got a very very quick silly points um to wrap up today's show um because i honestly forgot that i was doing silly points (laughs) so um i've it's a very very quick one it's not had any effort really gone into it but i think you'll enjoy it um it's courtesy of uh scoopwoop.com nice i I love the name Um, i love it so it has the title of it is is 31 mind-boggling cricket facts that'll make you go, whoa! I... <laughs> I'm not going to do 31. I'm going to do the top 10. So I'm expecting you to go, whoa, <laughs> at each one. I I want to advocate for doing the entire 31. And I want to question... We'll see how we go. I want to question why it's 31 as well. <laughs> I know, interesting, bizarre. Um, right, okay, number one. We'll see if we can speed run. Um, Sri Lanka... Uh, only has one test win against Australia. Oh, that's kind of... yeah. I'm not going to give it a woe. Okay. But... No. Um, Sanif Jayasuriya has more ODI wickets than Shane Warne. Whoa. Okay, I'll give you that one. Okay. Well, the, the, this article does not lie. It's Shane Warne. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the highest number of runs scored in an over is not 36. It's 77. <laughs> Uh, is that from that forever test match? No, I don't think it is. That, the, um, en- the endless test. Yeah. It's between Canterbury and I can't see the other team. Um, but I think they basically kept bowling no balls and things like that to make a game of it from the sounds of it. Um, yeah. To, um, to unfortunately, make... scoopwoop.com doesn't have all the details. <laughs> to make a game of it? What? what? Yeah. <laughs> uh. 
Um, Adam Gilchrist holds the record for playing the most number of tests straight after debut. Okay. That's 96 okay. games. Um, was never dropped, interesting. Um, Ishant Sharma is responsible for all the three highest scores made by a batsman against India in the 21st century, um, including Alistair Cook, 294, Michael Clark 329, Brendan McCullum, 302. And they were all dropped by Ishant early on in their innings. I mean, it's a bit harsh to say he's responsible. He's responsible. Ishant is responsible. It's your fault, Ishant. That's pretty wild, though, isn't it? You dropped every single one of those batsmen, and all of them have gone on to make over 250. Hilarious. Um, On the 12th of January, 1964, Indian spinner Bapu Natkani bowled 21 consecutive maiden overs versus England at Chennai. Nice. That's a stat and a half. Yeah, his figures were 32 overs, 27 maidens, five runs conceded, at an economy rate of 0.15. That's mad. <laughs> I love it. I'll give that a um, whoa. Whoa. Um, Chris Martin has taken uh, more test wickets in his career than test runs scored. Um, so in 71 tests, uh, he scored 123 runs, whilst he had 233 wickets. I, I don't... Like, surely there are other players that have done a similar sort of thing, right? Like... But if you think about it, if you're playing 71 tests, you'd imagine that you would get probably, a, you know, at least three or four scores of about 20-plus even if they're just by edges and things like that. Yeah. Chris Martin is notorious for being the worst batsman of all time. Um, I'll show you some videos at some point. Nice. Um, Wilfred Rhodes uh, took 4,204 wickets in first-class cricket. Yeah, good numbers. Yeah. It's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, he also happened to score 39,969 runs. I, seems like a <laughs> solid player, that's... He played 1,110 first-class matches. Mad. Um, and number 10, Sir Jack Hobbs scored 199 centuries in his first-class career at an average of 50. He, he can get 200. He can get 200. Could be bothered, apparently. Oh. He only played 834 games. It's like Gilchrist. Gilchrist can get to his 100 matches. <laughs> yeah, rubbish. Like, these aren't, these um, aren't woe stats. These are, you nearly made it. Yeah, sorry, this is 10th now, it's one ahead, sorry. Last one, what I'm going to do is do the other 10, or other 20, or whatever it is, in the next pods. Okay. So you have to wait until next time, or you could go to scoopwoop.com, um, sponsored by Scoopwoop. Um, in a World Cup match uh, cha- in 1975, uh, chasing 335, Sunil Gavaskar scored an unbeaten 36 of 174 balls. <laughs> What? <laughs> Just have a look. <laughs> I don't even know how to react. That you're chasing over three hundred. <laughs> like, now nah, just getting my eye in. Yeah. In the first World Cup of 1975, in the match between India and England, India set target three hundred thirty-five in sixty overs. Uh, Gavaskar batted throughout the innings and scored only thirty-six of hundred seventy-four. India managed. India managed to only score one hundred thirty-two in sixty overs with seven wickets in hand. <laughs> Yeah, don't take any risks, lads. <laughs> Have a look. This is just test cricket, right? Like, wait, wait on, wait on. Wait, wait on. <laughs> Madness. Madness. Oh, Love that so oh much. God. The, yeah, the top scores, so 36, 174, 8, 22, 37, 60. Like, just not not even trying. I love it. It's fantastic. Um, Just get that, get that not out. That's what it matters. Um, But yeah, those are the first 10 mind-boggling cricket facts that make you go... Whoa! Thank you, Scoop Whoop. <laughs> Just, I, I have no <laughs> idea how to react. It's a madness. We love it, but we'll definitely do the next um, 21 next time. Um, but yeah, that's been Just Not Cricket. I think that's all we've got time for. Um, not that we're on a time limit, but that's the thing people say. Um, been good to be back. I uh, hope you enjoyed our little rants and raves as per normal. Um, not sure when you'll next see us or hear listen for us through for your headphones or out loud in speakers. Who's to say? Um, 
it's been good to back, be back, hasn't it, Jamie? It's been good fun. Yeah, it's been nice. Yeah, sick one. Nice. Yeah. Well, in, enjoy the rest of the Europa League final. I might. Um, enjoy uh, the quadruple celebrations that will be coming shortly. No. Um, and we look forward to that first test. Also, no. <laughs> Big up Craig Overton. Can't wait. <laughs> Yay, thanks for listening, friends. Make sure to follow us on all the things if you want to. Bye. Podcast. <laughs> Woo. Sorry, cricket facts to make you go, whoa. whoa.